Don't walk out because I promise you, you are going to want to hear this podcast. Hello and welcome back to A Plus Podcast. It's me, D.L. McDonald, the host of this very podcast. So, last month, it's been a whole month since we heard from each other. Zarka Nawaz, her trailer seems to be doing very well. And, I mean, I'm not going to say it's because of us. But, uh, it surely isn't. (laughs) But, I hope you all enjoyed her. This month, I'm hitting up John H. Foote again, the film critic extraordinaire, so that we can list... And our top fives from 2000 to 2009, the aughts. Let's get going. You're doing well? I am. I am. How are you? I'm good. How was TIFF now that that it was online? What was that like? It was was probably the worst festival I've attended. Um, You know, good for them for pulling it off, but... I don't know. It was just uh, the excitement, the buzz, the energy was was just missing. Yeah. And there was there, there weren't enough movies. You know, Tiff usually has three hundred movies to choose from. This year there were fifty, and uh, none of them. You know, the Francis McDormand movie Nomadland will will be up for Academy Awards, but that's it. That's it. There there wasn't much else. You know. And last year, you know, there was a Star Is Born. There was First Man. There was just a you know a slew of great films. And uh, Netflix wasn't here this year, and I don't know what that's all about. I've heard rumors, but uh, big old Hollywood's really picking on Netflix, so they're scared. That's why. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty upset that uh, Netflix was able to submit for Oscar recognition. I remember. Well, last year, as far as I'm concerned, Hollywood and the Academy owes Martin Scorsese a huge apology. They nominate him for ten Academy Awards haul him out in front of everybody and then don't give him a single Oscar for, for what I think is one of the greatest films of the last 10 years. And Parasite wins Best Picture? What is that? Yeah. I mean, it was okay, but Best Picture? I don't know. Well, today we're going to cover the Ox, they call it, the 2000 to 2009. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty impressed with my list. Okay. Say. Well, let's hear them. You, are you gonna go? I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna write down what I think might be on your list, and okay, I know you gotta, one. One you can't say, right? Yeah, because like, uh, I okay. think I guessed it the other day, but I'm gonna guess something different. Okay, and I got. I got one for you too. All right. I don't. I, my list surprises even me. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So I'll. I'll start it off. Uh, with okay. my number five. All right. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of my Winnipeg by Guy Madden. Yes, absolutely. Madden. But yes. that's not, not what I chose. I ended up going with the saddest music in the world. Which is brilliant. Yeah. That's absolutely brilliant. Crazy film. The way he shoots it, uh, very much black and white. And it looks like it's very taking of the time that he set it in uh, the 30s during the Depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, Isabella Rossellini is looking to make a have a contest for her beer company uh, to find the saddest music in the world. And that way, they can sell some beer at the same time. 
uh, Mark McKinney and his brothers all represent, or his brother and his father represent different countries in order mm -hmm. to go at this music festival. And a very funny and very wild movie. And it's such a great idea too. And Madden's such an imaginative director with everything he does. Mm. And uh, there's a part where they notice a sleepwalker and that ends up being because uh, I guess Winnipeg has like the most sleepwalkers per capita. <laughs> that's what I hear. That's what I hear, yeah. Yeah, that's what he put in his other movie. But that's my number five choice, the saddest music in the world from 2000. Okay. Mine goes to Quebec and is Jean-Marc Vallée's Crazy, mm -hmm. which I thought was, was breathtaking when I watched it at TIFF in 2005. It's a blue-collar Quebec family in the 70s. And the initials in the in the film Crazy are the first uh, the initials of the first name of all the boys, and it's about a, a young gay man and his coming out in Quebec in the seventies and the acceptance of his family of his being homosexual, but it's also about so much else. It's about Canada in in the nineteen seventies and glitter glam music. David Bowie was the big thing, and just a really bold movie I think for Vali to make at at this particular time. And it took Canada by storm. It was a huge success in Quebec. It was a bigger success in Quebec than, it, than any other film was that year in Canada complete. It was that big a movie and just, just sensational. Uh, yeah, I started watching it. I never got a chance to finish it. But, uh, Give it a chance, man. Go back and watch it because you, you'll love it. Yeah, I have heard very many good things about it. I'm just going to turn my phone ring off. That's okay. Very professional of me. Um, number four that I chose, it, not a full movie, it's a short. I went with a short, and I know that's odd for what our list has been, but um, Chris Landreth got a, an Oscar for this short. I'm not sure if you're aware of him. Uh, Ryan, it's called. Of course I know it. Of course <laughs> I know it, Dan. Come on, you hurt me. <laughs> You're amazing. Uh, him speaking with Ryan Larkin, who was a filmmaker, uh, an animator in the 70s, and uh, he just couldn't deal with uh, people wanting to get his art and having to work in that machine. And so he, he slips into uh, uh, some bad addictions. And Chris is just speaking with him about his time and almost seeing a bit of a, uh, of like a, of himself in him and worried, oh, will he end up going down these paths too? Uh, in terms of what the animation looked like, it seemed like that right. was what he was hinting at, his fear of coming like Ryan. That movie, that movie put a lot of pressure on me because the morning after it won the Academy Award, I got to the film school and the president was waiting outside my office and he looks at me and he says, where's my Oscar? When do I get my Oscar? And I said, hey, buddy, <laughs> no, we're building something here. So anyway, uh, my fourth is again from Quebec, Denny Arcand's uh, Academy Award winning film, The Barbarian Invasions, which was at a boy, Dan, good. Dan, got one. Yeah, a brilliant sequel to The Decline of the American Empire about a group of intellects in Quebec who gather around uh, Remy, as he's in his last days of his fight against cancer, and his his wealthy and very resourceful son manages to get him heroin, 
for the pain and sets him up in a hospital room by himself and eventually takes him to a cottage where he had most of his good times with his, his many friends in his last days. It's deeply, deeply moving, a brilliant performance from Remy Girard and uh, I think Arcan's best film and he won the Academy Award finally for best, uh, best foreign language film. Yeah, very touching movie. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So uh, my number three, uh, I went with one of my favorite actors because he did a Canadian film, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. In oh, and I know that. I know the film, Owning Mahoney. Uh, true story about Dan Mahoney and his uh, his money laundering. Was it called money laundering? It was theft and fraud. <laughs> yeah, fraud. Yeah, he definitely Big fraud. Yeah. He was a very successful young bank uh, employee and he ends up frauding the bank, taking money and losing it mm -hmm. every time he went to Atlantic City. And uh, at one point he does, he does get a good streak, but uh, uh, things turn for him because he, he just cannot stop. He's got yeah, it never stops. And people are telling him, even his buddy at the casino says, you should walk away now. Hey. Yeah, yeah. My agent actually repped that book. It was written, um, somebody wrote a book about it. I don't know if he did or someone did. And my agent repped that book. And after my car accident, she brought it to him in the hospital and said, you got to read this. It's going to be a movie. And I did. And when it came out, it wasn't, it wasn't the same name. And I ended up sitting at TIFF one night watching it. And I said, I know this. I read this book. Right. And it was wonderful, wonderful. And Hoffman, again, such a, such a loss, you know. Yeah, he was so good in it. You couldn't really, like all of his performances, it's hard to look away from him. Yeah. Uh, and very different than what he would end up playing in his next movie, like uh, Along Came Polly. The, the yeah, he, his versatility. I watched, I watched him the other night in Moneyball, and I forgot yeah. he was in it. You know, I forgot he was in the damn thing, but so good. Such a wonderful actor. He was one of the baseball managers, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the coach. He's the coach. Okay. My number three is uh, is the one you you guessed earlier in the week when we spoke. Eastern Promises, David Cronenberg's masterpiece about the Russian mafia, and Viggo Mortensen um, is a very, is very surprising in the movie because we think he's a criminal and he's actually I don't want to ruin it for anybody. He's actually very much more, but it's a really bold, brash performance. He nails the Russian accent. He nails everything about being Russian. The posture the facial expressions, all of it he gets. And it's a different kind of film for Mortensen or Cronenberg uh, as well, because he's a horror guy. He always has been. And he stepped out of it a few times, M. Butterfly and A History of Violence, which damn near made the list too. But with this one, he, he just, he got it all right. It was firing on all cylinders. And Mortensen got an Academy Award nomination for Best Actor. And, you know, if Daniel Day-Lewis hadn't have been there that year for There Will Be Blood, it would have been Mortensen's to win. Great, great film. Love it. Definitely something different for Mortensen too, like you said. Like what like really people only knew him from Lord of the Rings and maybe what was Seabiscuit? Was he in Seabiscuit? No, he wasn't. I would I would say uh, Lord of the Rings. He played Satan in the prophecy and was the greatest Satan I've ever seen. Um he, he did this. Movie. He did History of Violence, he did Captain Fantastic, he did The Road, he did Green Book just recently. And, uh, you know, he's got three Oscar nominations so far. They got to give it to him sometime. He'll get and, it. Uh, oh, he will. He actually directed a film that I saw at TIFF this year. 
called Falling, about his father slipping into dementia. It was very good. It was oh. very good. Yeah. Uh, my number two, uh, I never thought I would be promoting a Jay Baruchel movie. <laughs> uh, the Trotsky. Yeah, that was cool. Jacob Tierney uh, directed and wrote it, and Jay Baruchel believes he is the reincarnation of Leon Trotsky. Yeah. He's trying to, after failing to unionize his father's work, his father punishes him by sending him to a public school like Trotsky had attended and said, mm -hmm. you go, live that life. And he tries to unionize the school and fight against Colm Fjord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very fun, very funny. A lot of, of like uh, the Canadian talent that you see now in TV shows like Dio Horn and Emily Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And Jacob Tierney directed a film based on Oliver Twist about two years before this, and it was fantastic. And now he's hooked up with Letterkenny, which yeah. I never thought I would laugh as hard as I do watching television. I don't like television particularly, but Letterkenny, man, there's been nights I've, I've nearly wet my pants and just can't get enough of it. Such a smart show. I, I enjoy it. My cat's clawing at something here. Hey. Freaking out. That's such your attack cat, is it? <laughs> I don't mean, I'm doing a podcast. Will you knock it off? Thanks. You don't, you don't care. Cats don't care. Uh, I worked with them. I, I worked on Letterkenny for, for a day. So, such a fun set. Uh, oh, God. No, I, no idea Jacob was Glenn, the uh, gay pastor who's <laughs> always hitting on Yeah, you. and he's, he's wonderful. I'd like to know where they find all the, the absolutely gorgeous women on that show. Because none of them, none of them are less than nine. They're all nines or tens. They're beautiful girls. So I'm going to Sudbury. They do it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you bringing to me with number two? What's your number My two? number two is, I hope I pronounced this right, Atanar Jawat, the, uh, the fast runner, the, mute, the film from Iceland, directed by Zacharias Kanuk that's set a thousand years ago in the Arctic and tells the story of a guy who makes an enemy, um, a fierce enemy, and he is pursued literally naked across the ices, uh, the ice and tundras of the, the Arctic. And it's breathtaking because in a thousand years up there, not all that much has changed. Mm -hmm. You know, the tribal, the tribal wars are still fought. Um, it's, it's, it's a brilliant movie. It reminded me so much of Lawrence of Arabia in its portrayal of the environment. You know, you never see snow look beautiful, but the vistas in this film are spectacular. And it was shot on digital, so it's cleaner and crisper than you've ever seen it before. And uh, it's a long film, it's a tough film to follow sometimes, but I love it. It's one of those movies that sweeps you away into a different time and place and does it completely, absolutely completely. There's not a flaw in it. Yeah, and it's the first Inuit movie, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it cleaned up at the Genies that year and uh, was a big hit at the New York Film Festival. Right. Um, did you want to tell me what you guessed for, for whatever? Well, you, have, you haven't said uh, Good Cop, Bond Cop yet. Oh, yeah. That almost made my list. Oh, but I'm wrong. Oh, oh you got me there. And it's not the Trailer Park Boys, even though they had two movies it's not the it's not the triplets of belleville is it no okay it is, french. It is french 
And if okay. you're a fan of Letterkenny, you'll know uh, they have Quebec counterparts, Lehik, and the stars, uh, the the Jared Kiso counterpart, mm-hmm. uh, Maxim Godet, or uh, Sebastian Huberdo. Yeah, Huberdo is his name. Uh, but Maxim Godet's in it, and Karin Bernas, and it's the story of uh, La Colle Polytechnique and the Massacre. Uh, a brilliant movie. Directed by Denis Villeneuve. Uh, Villeneuve. Uh, so, wow, it's even hard to talk about. It uh, is. It is. It's, it's such a bleak film, you know? Yeah, it is uh, hard to watch. Uh, yeah. The, the use of not having really any sound except for the gunshots, really. Mm-hmm. Like, it draws you in. It paralyzes you. Um, touching. Very, uh, very moving. And uh, it's about one of the guys who was told to leave the class, the very first class that uh, this man goes into, and he's he struggles with knowing that he didn't do enough yeah. to stop it. Uh, although it is very much about the the actions of what happened and the event, it doesn't try to turn him into a hero. But a very sad movie. <laughs> yes, it is. I thought it I remember one of go the, ahead, Dan. I thought it was one of the greatest things I had seen from that year for sure I, I agree completely and it, it was you won't believe me because I can't show you but it was my number six. Oh. and uh, the first time I saw it uh, I went home to my wife and I said our kids are never going to university I forbid it and it, uh, it rattled me it's such a bleak movie because there's so much death and such useless carnage you know and it hit hard and you know what a what a masterful director this guy is and has become you know one of the tops in hollywood yeah i i read too that uh he he okay 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 he took a break from shooting films because he did a maelstrom right in 2000 yes yes you although it won awards he wasn't happy with it no he wasn't he said he wasn't going to shoot a movie again until he had something to say or shoot. And nine years later, he does this. And yeah. Then he takes off again. District 9, uh, Cabbie, mm-hmm. um, Blade Runner. So, yeah. Yeah. He's a, yeah. He's a gifted man. No question. <laughs> Inspiration. Yeah. My number one is, uh, is a film that stars two people that I absolutely adore, Gordon Pinsent and Julie Christie. And it was written and directed by Sarah Pauly, called Away From Her. And it's, it's one of the, the most exquisite love stories I've ever seen. Um, she is diagnosed with Alzheimer's and checks herself into a long-term facility against his wishes. He wants to keep her at home and take care of her, but she knows he can't. It'll never happen. And he's not permitted to see her for 30 days after he drops her off. And when he goes back, she can't remember him. And she's actually paying attention to another fellow who has Alzheimer's and they become sort of an item in this nursing home. And it's about, it's about loss. And yet there's hope there too, because she has moments where she does have clarity. And in those moments, she does remember him and she does speak to him lovingly. And they, at the end of it, they've come full circle. They are a couple. They do remember each other. She remembers him and all's well. And Sarah is, is a, I think, a national treasure. I think she's one of the greatest actresses to ever work in movies. I think she was, should have won the Academy Award for The Secret Life of Words. Um, 
she's exquisite in that. And uh, with this, she got all kinds of attention in the United States. She, she won the Genie Award for Best Director, Best Picture. Actor and actress that completely swept everything and should have been up for more Oscars than it was. Julie Christie was nominated and Sarah was nominated for her screenplay. But it, you know, she should have been there for Best Director and Best Picture as well. Masterful. Was this her first time directing? No, she's made several shorts uh, that have played at TIFF. This is her first feature. And I mean, talk about knocking out of the park. And then uh, five years later, she directed Stories We Tell, which won the New York Film Critics Award for Best Documentary and was widely hailed in the US for its courage. You know, just, just a brilliant young lady. Mm. And she's a really nice person, if I could add that too. <laughs> Maybe she'll hear this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think we came up with another good list. I do too. Um, Surprising. You surprised me with politics. Wow. I surprised Christ. myself. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Uh, on that, uh, about like how they shot the, the, uh, that horror, um, I don't know if you've ever watched 19-2. From a, it's a Quebec show, but they did a, a, an English and a French version. Uh, the English version stars Jared Kiso from Letterkenny mm -hmm. and Adrian Holmes, who is uh, also on Letterkenny at one point as Bradley, they're, uh, the cousin of Gail. Right. Uh, they're cops. Uh, the beginning of the second season, it starts off with there's a school shooting, and it's all done in one take. There's no sound other than whatever the actors are speaking to the guy and the gunshots and them running through. So it's their whole squad as the camera maneuvers through the school, and it is mm -hmm. horrifying for yeah. nine minutes straight. Just yeah. But that's a great show if anyone's listening and wants to see a really great show. I think it's on Crave. Okay, films like that are important, I think, you know, yeah. and uh, especially, I hate to say this, but especially for the younger generation, you know, there's a big sense of entitlement out there. And it could all go horribly wrong so easy, you know, and uh, we always warned our girls at university, you hear shooting, get out. Don't yeah. be a hero, get the hell out of there. Because you get shot, you're done. Yeah, it's been 31 years this year. Yeah, it is. It is. Crazy. As well, always, a pleasure, my friend, as always. I enjoyed this, and now Good. I've got stuff to watch. I also have The Sweet Hereafter is on CBC Gem, which I say a lot, CBC Gem. <laughs> try, to, try to see it. If you haven't seen it, try to see it. Yeah, I'm going to make sure I, I, I give it a look. I guess uh, we'll be doing the 2010s at some point here. Okay, say when. I'll be back. Ten years, ten films. Although they're not all from different years. Some are from the same years. I'm just saying, you got ten more movies to check out. So, thanks for listening. Be sure to look up John on his website, footandfriendsonfilm.com, where he's got a bunch of lists just like this, and reviews. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pod. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Have a good month.